At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Same ground, different sound. You're on homo ground. there. This is Maya McDonald coming to you from Brooklyn, New York for Homoground. We are continuing our four-part interview with Wynne Greenwood of Tracy and the Plastics along with Gina Young. This was recorded way back in May of 2021, right before Cruisin Records reissued digitally the full Tracy and the Plastics catalog. So do check that out if you missed any of those records the first time or if you loved them then and have been looking for them they're out. Wynn just wrapped up a Kickstarter for new music. Gina's got lots going on in LA. Visit them all on Instagram at Gina Genius, at Wynn Greenwood, at Cruising Records. Uh, let's get into it. Here's part two of our interview with the two of those fine people from uh, the spring of 2021. For a lot of artists, 
I know that as soon, and I mean, I've read about this at least, so I'm assuming it's a very common experience because I've read about it in other places, but it's like kind of as soon as we birth something, like you put something out in the world and then you start to judge it. Maybe like if you're me, I have an idea. I think it's like the greatest idea, right? And then right when I'm about to put it out in the world, I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. This is the worst. This is the worst thing that has ever been made. I can't believe I'm doing this. Then I put it out and I usually feel pretty good. And I'm like, oh, I got like people related. People got it. People thought it was fun. Like, this is great. And then like maybe who knows how long later I'll start judging it again. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Oh my gosh, I was so young. I can't believe I said those things. I can't believe I wrote those things. I can't, I, you know, I have a song that goes, it's raining, it's pouring, gender roles are boring. Like who, who would write a rhyme like that? You know, like, and like, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh, that rhyme is so obvious and cheesy, but like kids like it, whatever. Um, what was my point? My point is like, when, so how do you feel when you look at back, when you look at back, when you look at it back at your body of work and you have stuff that maybe be 10, 20 years behind you, like, how do you feel about it? Do you have, are you good at not judging your past work or do you have judgments of it? Or do you go through a lot of fluctuations? Like I clearly do. Yes. All of the above actually. Like, um, oh gosh, that like critical, that self-criticalness. Ooh, ooh, it's really tough. Um, and also, yeah, what's the point of it? You know, like I'm, this is partly also, I'm just thinking about like, I could not, I was, I never believed in giving grades as a, when I just was teaching in this university that I now don't teach in that I left. Um, Cause I'm kind of just like, what's the point of this evaluation? And Maya, you were talking about this too, this like evaluation, right. Of like what you're doing or what you're making. And I mean, so anyway, so that's kind of a tangent of like, what's, I'm trying to get better at like, what's my intention here for my evaluation? Like what's the motivation for this um, process that I'm putting myself and my work through coming back to Tracy and the plastics has been a long process. It's been going on since 2013. When I started, I, I read this thing about um, artists' estates, like who takes care of an artist's estate and what are the pieces of an artist's like estate and um, how to kind of start to like care for that. And And I realized, okay, I've got this like giant body of work um that is largely like undocumented like tracing the plastics it it you know it happened before the time mostly before the time of um, mobile devices and like it that also wasn't the point like I documenting those performances was not ever in my mind really um at the time but um I realized that I was far enough away to be able to look at it again and close enough to be able to kind of get back in it as in remember the songs and perform them and kind of look enough like, like I think I was, how old was I? Probably in my, oh, seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah, in my mid thirties. So I was like, okay, I can still kind of look like I'm in my mid to late twenties. And, um, and I was like, there was major like hesitation around like, how am I going to feel about this work? 
how how is this going to, am I going to be able to care for it in this way that I need to? And it was just this like really amazing trans- transformative process. I kept calling it a reconciliation process because I, um, at the time of making Tracy and the Plastics, I was so critical of it. Like I was just like, you know, um, it was, I'd be, yeah, it was a really like, kind of harsh relationship that I had with, with that work. Um, I would say, I mean, as well as like celebratory and like beautiful and wonderful and like invigorating and life-giving. Um, and when I, so when I, I'm remembering this one, um, performance that was called Nights from 2002 And I was just like, oh no, this is going to be horrible. So basically the process was I relearned. There are 19 Tracy performances that I could find on the, the, the original backing tapes. I feel like I'm just launching into this whole big, long thing. Here we go. Launch off. Okay. We're into it. We're into it. I'm in it. Um, There were, so I started going through all my tapes my VHS tapes, my DVDs, trying to find all of the original backing videos that I would perform with and gathered all of those, digitized them, you know, uh, learned the songs again, tried to figure out what the dialogue was. Um, There were these, it was just the gaps, like it'd be Nikki and Cola saying their parts. And then I'd be like, and what did, okay, I got to figure out like what, what my part here is as Tracy. <clears throat> um, but all this is to say that I was, I just like fell in love with my, with this, with these, the, this younger work. You know, I felt, I was like, this is rad. And it was a real, I felt so much tenderness for, um, for that process, that experience that I was having back then. I mean, yeah, not to go like too, too deep into like the whatever was going on for me back then. But um, I just was like, wow, I could, I could witness it. And I could see, you know, and it was, um, it was so sweet. And part of this process of reissuing um, those those works and doing some press stuff around it is really trying to like honor that work in a way that I don't want to say I like um what's the word I I don't want to say I sabotaged Tracy and the Plastics or myself but in a way kind of like I just kind of like I was just not in a place to be able to like support it I think in the way that um I could have and including like quitting just kind of spur of the moment, like canceling shows, just being like, I'm done. I can't, you know, there's a lot I'm learning in this process and a lot of like care that I'm extending to this project. And I'm getting so much care in return from it and like for it, which is just, yeah, wonderful. It's Pride Month, and you can get a free Love is Love goodie bag when you spend $25 or more at adammail.com. 
Since 1998, Adam Mail has been a leader in providing you with the best in gay sex toys and products to take your sexual explorations to the next level. Visit AdamMail.com and use code GROUND for 50% off one item plus free shipping on orders over $20 in the U.S. and Canada. Some items may not be eligible for full discount. Yo, this is your boy Carl X coming at you hot with another fire lo-fi track. Even though the music has always flowed so naturally to me, for years I've struggled with staying motivated and frankly, self-management has been really difficult for me to learn. I always hear from successful content creators that the most important element of our work is to stay consistent. And geez, that's like my biggest struggle. I spent loads of energy reading self-help books and trying to learn self-management techniques. And even though I knew I just had to sit down and do it, it was so freaking hard. I found myself agonizing over my inability to focus and it would make me procrastinate over and over again. Quarantine has been really difficult to adjust to for those with short attention spans, yo. Luckily, I found focus time. Focus time is a co-working space hosted by queers and for queers. I don't know if it's because it's gay or because it actually made me productive, but I cannot get enough of these sessions. From my first session, I knew that something had clicked in my work routine. Day one of focus time, I wrote and dropped this beat. Day two of focus time, I started editing my first YouTube vlog. And by my third session, I was immediately focused and ready to work the moment I sat down at my desk. I'm overwhelmed by the success I've seen from just one week of using this platform. So the moderators are gonna have to get used to my gay ass. There are two hour sessions every weekday. The two hours are broken down into one hour sprints and a 15 minute break time. It's so uplifting. I've met ambitious queers from all over the United States in this break room. If you wanna join the next session, you can navigate to homoground.com slash focus time. There you'll be able to donate and sign up for your first session. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Homo Ground episode. Supergirl, there's a double life. Pretend she wants a husband instead of a wife. Walks in the phone booth to change her clothes so her mommy won't see her read her nose. Change her persona and change her name. So her daddy will believe she's one and the same as the daddy raised to be simple and plain. Good Catholic values like blind following and shame. Supergirl is holding together tightly with her teeth so that the pieces won't scatter. She's fighting scrimmage on all fronts, trying to be in two places at once. She's fighting scrimmage on all fronts, trying to be in two places at once. Her beautiful facade is silently cracking, trying to figure out exactly what's lacking. She'll never know how much she's got, trying to pretend she's something she's not. Supergirl, Supergirl, flying above me. Why don't you get your ass down here and love me? Supergirl, Supergirl, queen of deception, willing to die for your daddy's affection.
things we do to cover our asses. <laughs> Who do you think you're fooling behind those glasses? Supergirl, you got me impressed. When you're incognito, I can see the letter S upon your chest. 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 Supergirl. You, I guess, have been doing this process of like great care and, you know, great reconstruction and like, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a reissue, right? It's a re-release. It's a 20 year re-release on Cruise and Records, which is super exciting. Um, for me, it was almost, I don't want to say the opposite, but it was like a big exercise in like not looking like almost like, um, what happened for me that was really wild and unexpected was that a whole generation of younger people found my music on Spotify and I did not know my music was on Spotify at first. Like, honest to God, I had no idea it was on Spotify. And I started getting these DMs on Instagram from young people being like, I don't know, just like saying that they were like queer and they lived somewhere isolated and they liked these songs that they had found. And so then I was like, oh, whoa, okay, so... I have music out there that I didn't realize was out there. Um, people are connecting with it that are maybe in the place in their life that I was when I wrote it. Cause a lot of it is very much coming out music. It's like the music that I was writing when I was like coming out or newly out and dealing with a pretty brutal landscape at that time for being like visibly queer. And I just kind of wanted to give them something, literally. Like, I was just like, oh, I want to give something because I don't have any, I mean, I have a lot of new music that I've written, but I don't have anything I can, like, give these um, people that are listening. And I would like to. Uh, and then during my pandemic Marie Kondo purge of my apartment, I was going through everything I own and I was going through, like, my bin. Talk about um, artist estate and I, I literally have a tub that I used to tour with. It's like a tub is the wrong. Yeah, it's, it's like a big plastic fireproof, waterproof bin um, that has been, I mean, I toured the entire country on a Greyhound bus with that thing and a guitar, literally. And it had my CDs in it and photos and everything. And it was just so wild to go through it and relive a lot of those memories. And I ended up doing a whole event with the June Mazer Lesbian Archives in LA, which now has over 500 of those items, digitized photos and zines and flyers from shows. Um, but the point is I found the demos from my, my 2002 album, Intractable, and I had recorded all these demos in 2001. And when I say demos, I mean, literally it was like me on a guitar on, I don't even remember. I think I had this like tiny, not a four track, but it was like some, I mean, it was a tiny recording device that I then plugged into my like desktop computer. I mean, it was, I don't even remember what I recorded it on, but it was not fancy and there's no layering really at all. Um, and I just thought maybe somebody would want to hear these. Like maybe this would be a nice gift to give these young people that are connecting to this music. And then I also had a few unreleased songs from that same time period that I was like, oh, this will be fun. Um, and then one of the wildest parts is that I have a half sibling that I mentioned who is young. She just turned 18. And she said that friends of hers were like, oh my God, wait, Gina Young is your sibling? Like, I've been listening to that music on Spotify. Like, I can't believe you're related. So I was like, okay, you have to do the cover art. Like, you have to do the cover art for this 
album. So she, um, she's a super talented artist and musician and podcaster and all the things, um, and formerly very successful TikToker, TikToker who no longer TikToks. Um, and so she made album art for this album. And that's why I called it Little Sibling, because I'm like, she's my little sibling. And also I feel like all of these younger folks that are finding the music, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we are all like we're, we're supposed to be this big queer family, but we're very much disconnected by generation a lot, I think. And I remember when I was younger, we had a lot of judgments against older queers for not doing it right or saying it right or those kind of things. And meanwhile, they had a lot of, ju- lot of judgments against us for using the wrong words or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I always am trying to work towards that more intergenerational communication and understanding. Wow. Well, how does it feel to have the, the de- like, how do you feel about the demos? Like, how is that? I was just like, and and also just revisiting. Okay, there's a couple things. Revisiting that voice, and also what that you have new songs, and where are they, and where are they go, like, where are they going? Well, that's the thing. Most of them go into my plays now. Like, I am writing a new musical called Straight Play, a queer beach blanket musical, and it's all new song. Actually, it's really funny because. Some of the songs are super old. One of the songs in it is on this set of demos because it's from 2001. Whereas some of the songs I wrote last year, you know, so it's it's a mix. And what's ironic, I actually heard that that's how um, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton. Like he has stuff from when he was a kid mixed in with stuff he wrote while in like writer's rooms for Hamilton, like all made it into the show. Um, uh, but yeah, all that to say that like a lot of the stuff that I've written since I stopped my last like album album was 2010, if we can believe how long ago that is. Um, but since then, you know, I wrote a musical called Sisters that has a whole album that you can buy as a um, it's actually available on a drive like you can buy it on a um, why am I blanking on the word right now? Because they no longer plug into my Mac, but. USB. It's a USB. USB. Yeah, it's like on a USB thumb drive. You can buy that album for that musical on there. Um, And that one actually does have some production value to it. Whereas this like this set of demos. So, yeah. How do I feel about them? I mean, well, it was an exercise in bravery because I am a Virgo perfectionist. I legitimately have OCD. I'm not making light of that term. Um, It is very hard for me to do anything without it being what I consider perfect. And then I've learned over the years that what I consider perfect is actually too far and that it takes too long and that I need to let go of it. And the demos, they're full of mistakes. Like, and you know, literally like there's bits where I play the wrong note on the guitar. There's bits where my singing gets messed up. There's bits where I kind of like stop playing and start again. And it's that hard thing too, where I'm trying to be like, whatever, that's punk rock, that's punk rock. But I'm like, mm, is it though? Because I don't think my music was ever as punk as I wanted it to be. Like I always I always wanted to be more punk than I was. I was like a church kid turned musical theater kid who got really into Riot Girl and like really, really wanted to be punk. But like, you know, I just like, I was basically straight edge, you know, except for being queer. Like I did not drink. Um, so I just like, was never as punk as I wanted to be. So I'm trying to embrace the punk rock spirit of like putting out demos, having them be messy, having mistakes, 
And part of me hates, hates, hates that there's mistakes in them. And then another part of me is like, no, that's exactly why you have to do it because you have to let go of that. And you have to like, A, be okay with your own mistakes and flaws. B, show everyone your flaws, let other people be flawed. Like we're in a fucking pandemic, you know, like (laughs) if now isn't the time to just be like, yeah, it is what it is. Like I wanted to share something with you because I, you know, I feel a connection to you and it's not perfect. Hope you still like it, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Do you think that, wow. Do you think that, I mean, one of my questions for you had been, what is your younger self showing you, you know? So that feels like something that they are, you're being shown maybe. And do you think that you could, you can carry that forward to like new projects? Like, how will anti-perfectionism or perfectionism, I don't know, show up or maybe be able to like have some some space in there for making mistakes in like new stuff? Yeah, it's it's such a struggle because I do try to control things too much and I do want things to be too perfect. And um, I've been trying with a lot of my theater projects to do things where there's a script, but then there's moments of improvisation, you know, where it's like, okay, there's bits where everything has to be like flawlessly memorized and blocked and performed as it's written. And then there's moments where the whole cast is just allowed to talk and say whatever they're feeling or thinking, you know, Um, and to try to let that be moments where we lose control and let things be not not scripted. Um, So that's one way that it's coming into my current work. And then I think it's just the constant ongoing practice of like, what is perfect because to me things that are like too perfect are gross you know or 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 not even gross but they're just too commercial and like I love pop music like mainstream pop with perfect music videos like I very much enjoy but it's not ever who I wanted to be or what I do so why would I still hold myself to those same standards? Like knowing the amount of money, although it's less money these days that goes into that and that kind of thing. Like, why would I be measuring myself against that, I guess? Thanks for listening to Homo Ground. This episode opened with the song Best of the 70s, 80s, and 90s by Tracy and the Plastics. The second song you heard just after the break was Gina Young's Supergirl. You can find links to purchase their music at homoground.com slash episode 270. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcast streaming app you're using or share this episode with a friend and tag us on social media at homoground. As an independent podcast, we also rely on our Patreon supporters. You can join us at homoground.com slash Patreon. Not only do you become a member of our Patreon, but you become a member of the Homoground community. Homoground members get all the latest updates on episodes before they're released and a behind-the-scenes look at how the podcast is made. You also get access to our private Slack and Discord groups, where you can meet other Homoground listeners from around the world. Homoground members also get access to our 24-hour virtual cafe where you can pop in anytime. Not only that, but you get free access to our guided virtual co-working sessions. 
When you become a Homoground member, you'll get an official Homoground membership card, plus our special green and white Homoground logo stickers that only our Patreon supporters get. Plus, we'll just send you a bunch of other stickers that we have. We've got a bunch of random designs, and you can stick them wherever you want. Just be sure to tag us on social media at Homoground. This episode was produced by Maya McDonald, who also conducted the interview. You can follow Maya on Instagram at Kid in the Attic. And I'm just a ghost who reads the credits, but you can follow me on Instagram at Lynn Casper. But more importantly, follow Homoground. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.